so much emphasis in every how-to book that covers how to write a novel or really how to write a newspaper article, any type of writing, there is so much emphasis on the hook, the first page or maybe the first three pages. But what if that's not the only hook you should be concerned about? Hi, everybody. I am Dave. Welcome to Creatively Genuine, a podcast about writing a nonfiction novel. And today we're going to tackle that topic. What is another hook that you need to be concerned about? And what I'm talking about today is chapter two. This morning I got up at five o'clock. I got to work on chapter two of my novel. Um, again, let me emphasize a nonfiction novel. I worked on chapter two and it came to me that the second chapter's hook is every bit as important as the hook that begins your that begins your book. So let's let's kind of take a step back. I want you to imagine your future reader. If you were writing a book right now, a novel, a nonfiction book like I am, or, or whatever it might be, just take a moment and in your mind visualize the reader that you are targeting with your book. I know I have a vision in my mind about who that person is, and I can see this person now walking through Barnes & Noble or a small independent bookshop, and they are browsing. They are looking at the titles. They might find something that intrigues them. Pull that book out on the shelf. What are they going, what are they going to do? Well, they might read the summary on the back of the paperback, or maybe they take a look at the dust cover or the dust jacket and try to you know, read the summary that's on there. And if they are intrigued enough, they're going to take a look at the first page. Now, you know, because you are writers, that the first page, and really it's the first one to three pages, are crucial. They are crucial to bringing that, that reader, that potential buyer of your book, into the story. Uh, if that person reads the first page two or three and likes what they see, they may buy that book. If they don't, chances are they're going to put that book back on the shelf. So yes, the, the, first, the first scene, the first pages, the first words, those are vital. But that's not the only hook I think you have to be concerned about. The hook gets them into the book. It helps them buy the book. But how do you make sure that they are going to continue to read? And that's why I think the second chapter needs to have a hook as well. The second chapter solidifies the promise that you've made to the reader in the first chapter. In my particular case, the first chapter involves a kidnapping scene. My grandfather abducting an, an infant who turns out to be my father. Um, this is 1957, and he abducts this baby from his mistress. So what do I do for an encore? What do I do for the second chapter? Because I've, I've made a heck of a hook, right? I've made a heck of a promise. So in the second chapter, I feel it's vitally important that I treat it like a first chapter. It's a hook. I need to continue to draw that reader deeper into my book. And that's what I worked on today with chapter two. Um, I wrote about 1,800, 1,900 words, uh, planning to finish it up probably tonight. That way I can be done with chapter two and work on chapter three tomorrow. What I want you to know about um, where, where chapter two goes 
is, as I said, in chapter one, I lay out the beginning of a narrative, um, this narrative about two people known as Bud and Mary Catherine, Bud being my grandfather, Mary Catherine being who I thought was my grandmother, and their, uh, their efforts and their actions involving my father's abduction and his growing up in a house where he actually did not know the truth of his birth. So that's one narrative. But there are two other narratives I'm going to weave through this book. And in chapter two, I begin the narrative of my investigation, which took place between 2012 and 2014, into the events and the circumstances around my father's birth, how he was taken from his mother, and where was his birth mother? She had disappeared from us for 60 years. No trace. No phone calls, no knocks on the door, no serendipitous meetings on the street. We, we weren't even sure if this person actually existed um, in the way that it had been described or it had been passed down in the legend. So chapter two is about how I came to learn the truth of my father's birth. My dad had told me, <laughs> my dad had told me this family legend um, on the day of who I thought was my grandmother's funeral. It is late March 2012 in Cincinnati. My father pulls me aside and says, okay, now you need to know. And he tells me this unbelievable, shocking story about his, about his father, the affair that his father had with a teenage girl, how his father then reconciled with his wife, and the price to be paid was that the infant son would come with his father. Um, so my, my, my dad's father went over to the apartment of his mistress, apparently in an act of violence, ripped the baby from her arms and told her, you will never see this child again. I learned that story right after the funeral of the woman that I thought was my grandmother. But as it turned out, there was this secret and she wasn't my actual, uh, my actual grandmother. Chapter two begins right after my father has told me this story, I walked out of the house. There were about two dozen people at, at my parents' house uh, for a week, remembering my grandmother, uh, whose name was Mary Catherine, and I had to get out of there. I had to go out, get some fresh air, collect my thoughts, um, gain control of my feelings again. Um, and as I do, I walk out and just a million questions begin to cascade into my mind like a landslide. Uh, and, and the answers to those questions would just open up more questions. Um, you know, how could, uh, my grandfather be capable of such an atrocity? How, you know, how could his wife decide to raise a child who was the result of her husband's infidelity and to do so in such a way that no one except for a select few knew the truth? Um, my uh, my grandmother, Mary Catherine, had raised my father as if he was her own child, and in many ways, um, her favorite child. So imagine the amount of compassion and forgiveness that you must have, the capacity for compassion and, and forgiveness that it takes to look at your spouse and say, you, you, you uh, broke my trust, you cheated on me, you had a child with another person, but I will raise that child as my own. So you begin to ask, how can you do that? But as you begin to think about that, you also open up another question. Yes, 
My Mary Catherine showed such a tremendous amount of compassion, and yet she was also party to a crime. She was an accomplice to the abduction of my father. So chapter two begins with um, the wrestling in my heart and my mind over the truth of what I've just learned and whether or not I decide to go on a search for my dad's birth mother. where we're at today. I'm going to continue to work on chapter two. Um, and for yourself, I think about in your own writing and in your own book that you're working on, what's the hook in chapter two? I have no doubt you have a fantastic hook in chapter one, but what about chapter two? I hope you all have a great day. Uh, it's Monday. Uh, so may your week be off to a great start. I'm going to finish up this last cup of coffee for the afternoon, uh, do a little bit of writing, uh, hop on Twitter and hang out. If you are on Twitter, check uh, things out at North Arch DP. Would love it if you said hi. Uh, all right, guys, have a great, great start to the week, and thanks for tuning in to Creatively Genuine.